Oh dear, I do am truly apologizing. We're going to have to start this one over because I've just noticed the microphones weren't open. Oh my goodness. So that's quite an interesting setup we have here because we have a, such an interesting topic for you this morning. And let me just reintroduce it. What is immortal transcendence versus the evolution of mortal consciousness? This is our topic this morning that we are going to discuss with um, Anna Kalima, and she is with us here now, and we are about to to embark upon this very, very important discussion. And uh, I was saying to her while the microphones were off that uh, it's quite a paradox, and she was just about to start telling us about the, the paradox and Anna good morning, and I'm sorry about the radio, the microphones being off, but let's begin again. So welcome to Blue Lotus Radio for African Soulful Listening. Good morning. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, beloveds. I think we rather look at this as a test run. (laughs) (laughs) Warming up the vocal cords. And we can just laugh it off because we must remember that in the physical octave, in the matter plane, nothing is perfect. Yes, you were talking about paradox, and I gave you the understanding of the Tao, or sometimes it's known as the Tao, T-A-O. The Tao is all about the paradoxes of life and the ambiguity of life. And as I said to you, there are, as the quote is saying, there's more mysteries in heaven and earth than you and I have ever dreamed of. Horatio, it's a statement that comes through Shakespearean teaching. But what I wanted to share with you is Lao Tzu is the author of the Tao. Lao Tzu is a very great ascendant being on the second ray. And what I shared with you is he was actually a military commander uh, did you know that? I, I actually did <coughs> not know that. I find that astonishing. In fact, Ralph, he was also a very powerful political leader, and there are certain ambiguous statements that have gone out that, you know, his work was very close to Marxism, which is a profoundly ignorant statement, as well as one wonders just the type of consciousness that can access such a profound and cosmological work as the Tao and its paradox of life, because you see, heaven and earth are a mirror to one another, which is what he found out. He was equivalent in his time to, I suppose, what you would call a president today. He was emporial, an emperor of his own kind. He had an entire command of military underneath him. Yet this profound individual with very profound political understanding that is not too far removed from that of Al Moria, our, our beloved mighty statesman for the Great White Brotherhood, um, that I suppose in his command and the paradoxes of life he experienced, because he was such a profound thinker, that he was able to bring about this Tao. What happened to him in the end is he fled, by the way. When the military uprising and the insurgents arrived and the chaos that we experience today he actually fled he actually left and he disappeared into a life of the recluse and the hermit and how the Tao came about was when he fled his devotees which a lot were his men who fell under his command 
followed him and his top commanders and begged him to write about what he he had taught them in release for not telling them where he was. Hmm. So he remained hidden and he wrote this and this came out. And you must understand when we say wrote, it isn't really written. It's hand, of, hand to mouth, as it were, hmm. or it's given an oral teaching to the people at the time and those who could inscribe because the various cultures going back in time had writing allotted to scribes, which I suppose today is your modern-day journalism. It was allotted to certain scribes who then faithfully wrote it down as we have the teachings of beloved Jesus found in the desert recently and hidden away in great scroll, sorry, in great cylinders, which were more like great jars where they would keep either rice and flour and holy oils and so on and so forth. And yet they were found deep in these caves in the desert there in the Middle East where they were preserved because of the dryness of the desert and because of the the lack of the air as well, because they were buried deep inside. Those teachings are very, very similar to the Tao and the paradox of the Tao. There are, I think, about 114 so far teachings that were found by beloved Thomas, Saint Thomas, who reveals some of the most direct teachings Jesus has ever given. So are you referring to the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yes, the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm referring to the Dead Sea Scrolls, which in that sense are a form of Tao. They were also about the Essian life and how to live life. Um, what we would call today biodynamic farming and the like horticulture that is completely free from what is apparently farming today. So there was a whole life around it. The Essenes, Jesus started that order, the Essenes, which is now, I suppose, your biodynamic people, your vegans who are very, very determined to continue that path, which actually comes from ancient Dwarka from India and the path of the Vedantas, which is, you know, very, very, very much older than actually the time of Jesus himself. It goes back to the fall of Atlantis, to the Asian path we are all returning to now, which is that path of having a organic food or biodynamically farmed food that is healthy, and why does this relate to the Tao? It does. You know, if we don't live the whole of life according to the way of the Masters, then we're only living part of the life. You have to give your whole life. And a lot of people say, I don't know how to do that, Anna Kalima. I'm, I run a business. I do this, I do that, and so on and so forth. And I say, no, you have to employ the Christ consciousness in everything you do because that is the Dharma. The Dharma is that we live the Dharma. It's actually a very, very practical way of living. Working and living and moving and having your being with the Ascended Masters is very practical. And if it isn't, you're not living it. It's that simple, which goes back to the paradox of the Tao. Hmm. Wow. The inward-outward story. Because you're living the Tao by living it inwardly, and yet the paradox is you're working in the world. Yeah. Or as Jesus put it, you can be in the world and not of it. Yeah. That's right. Very interesting indeed. My goodness. 
Well, that's a amazing introduction we've had, just had there about this interesting statement. So we will hear some more in a moment. Let's just have a small break and we'll come back to transcendence versus mortal <coughs> evolution. Find out how this works in a paradox. So there we are, we're back, and we're talking to Anna Kalema this morning, and uh, she's been talking to me during that beautiful song, and she's got so many interesting concepts to share with you today. What I'd like to do is just touch very briefly on the seven spheres of consciousness, which are the correspondence to the seven chohans of the race. Now, evolution is to do with the evolving of consciousness as a whole on a planetary body, such as beloved Earth, all the masters always refer to her as Terra, as much as we have other wonderful names for her, from an ascended consciousness point of view, her name is not Gayatri, it is Terra, T-E-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
R R A Terra. Terra firma. Yes, it's to do with the Earth. Her ascendant name will not be revealed until obviously she's ascending, because she is twinned with beloved Venus, and that is because Sun Kumara left Venus and came to this planetary body to resuscitate her and to bring her back to life because after the fall of Lemuria the planetary body entered into a state of such darkness that the seat of God government on God star Sirius were actually quite willing. They had reached the point where they were actually going to just remove the planet. In other words, take it out of manifestation because there was no light on it. You see, the whole purpose of the matter plane, Ralph, or the physical universe, if you like, and the physical planet, is for evolution. And it is to bring forth life, and to bring forth that life in light, and to bring forth a planetary body of souls that have evolved, so that that planetary body can be added to when it ascends the great celestial spheres, where there are many other, and I put this in inverted commas, there are many other ascended planetary bodies, just like mighty Umritas and the violet planet was once a physical planet, as we understand it now. And they also, if you know anything about mighty Umras, he will tell you that the his planetary body was once in as much chaos as we are. And yet they finally stood together and brought that entire planetary body together and it ascended to where it is the violet planet today. So the chance of our planet ascending is very great. But if we come back to the seven spheres of consciousness or the evolution of consciousness, what is consciousness would be the first question one has to ask when we are created in the mind of God. We are a ray, a solar ray or a soul. The word soul comes from solar, sun ray. We are a ray of God consciousness. And when we enter through free will into the matter plane, or the physical octave, or upon a planetary body such as Terra, we evolve, we go through all these experiences, so that we can become a fully evolved being. Now, a lot of souls out there who experience diminished states of mind, a lot of this not-worthiness, which is propagated from the Nephilim, and the laggard consciousness of the fallen mind, always to undermine Ralph, always to put down, always to judge and condemn and victimize. Why? Well, there's a plan there. Let's just put that to one side. I don't want to get involved with that today. What I'd like to share with you is that to be where we are today, Ralph, do you know that to be students of the Ascended Masters means you have evolved as a soul through all seven spheres of mm immortal consciousness through all of the seven solar rays so that wow. you are now basically almost completely fully evolved being so that you will then prepare yourself if you hold on a minute you will prepare yourself to receive the five crystal rays you can't ascend without them you ascend through them and in them and the crystal rays are in between the seven rays, so the five crystal rays, like the five fingers on your hands, are slotted in between the seven rays. So unbeknown to man, he's actually been working with them for a long time, but we are only allowed, because of their great power and cosmic transformative sources, we were only made to understand it now, because it requires 
a tremendous amount of responsibility because the five crystal rays are to do with the actual formation of creation itself. So only when you are a fully evolved being about to ascend can you actually enter into and understand them. So my point is, and I will get to it now, is that when you find that you are resonating with a quality that is not of the light, when you find you are perhaps a little bit feeling sorry for yourself and so on and so forth, depression and feeling unworthy, just remember one thing, to be where you are today, you have to have evolved through the seven spheres or the seven rays of consciousness. And as the masters have taught, each ray from the first to the seventh, the, there's eight rays, in fact, with the eighth rays to do with the ascension and is finalized after you ascended, takes thousands of years. Each ray takes thousands of years to work through. You don't just have a little journey of seven rays because the seven rays also are connected to the 12 solar hierarchs and the four and 20 elders. Those 12 solar hierarchs are your astrological signs, all right, that complete a calendar year. So in the sense of our evolution, if we miniaturize evolution into one calendar year and then we expand it into cosmological time, you would spend thousands and thousands and thousands of years. If you take 2,000 years per cycle, in other words, we start with Pisces and then we move from Pisces into Aquarius and so on. Each cycle is 2,000 years long. You must understand that you have many, many, many cycles in each sphere of consciousness so that you are completely and fully evolved. Your soul becomes qualified with all the experiences you go through. And that is what it's all about. You see, Rel, what people need to understand is that if we are a solar ray or a soul from the Son of God, from the Christ of God, that soul needs to qualify its own individuation. People say there's no identity in God. People say that, you know, if I surrender to God, I lose my identity. That is the biggest lie that has ever been concocted by the fallen ones because you will only have identity if you are in Christ. And that's what it's all about, is to create your identity in Christ through the matter plane. Because there's not a single ascendant being that's the same as the other. Right, this is such a very important discussion because it's got to do with what, in fact, is individuality. And if what you just said there, I just thought about what you just said. It means that human beings are highly individualized because they've already progressed through the seven spheres and um, they are on a threshold existence right now and the potential and possibility for now moving into this eighth realm, the ruby realm that you just spoke about, that's to do with the mystery of the ascension. This is truly very, very interesting, Anna Kalima. You see, Ralph, the ruby ray is the power of the love of God. It's expressed in the third ray by Elohim, Heros, and Amora. Now, the Elohim are that body of very, very, very highly, highly transcended cosmic beings who work directly with the Godhead and the great central sun. They are a reflection of God. God himself has those who work for him. 
and he starts with Elohim hierarchically. In fact, it's the solo logii. First, it's the Elohim, and then we move in hierarchy all the way down to the wee, tiniest, littlest cherubim and angels, and then into the physical octave where mankind is. The process of evolution is absolutely magnificent because it allows each individual solar ray or soul to individuate. You must understand that we are individed in God, not divided from God. Okay, so our identity is not an id with an entity. Okay, it's if you take the word identity, it's a very strange word. What is an id? It's a, it's a non-demeanor, it's a non-plus, it's something that has no functionality. An entity is a form of consciousness that can be either positive or negative, and we are neither. We are no mere identity. We are individualized in God, inwardly in the soul, inwardly in Christ consciousness. It is only Christ. Now, you must understand something, my listeners. You must understand very carefully what I'm saying as I give this to you. Christ, people say to me, what is Christ? And I will say to you, the consciousness of God is Christ. If we want to understand God's consciousness, the, the, the macro consciousness, the cosmic consciousness of God, it's Christ. His mind is Christ. God's mind is Christ. So if we enter into the mind of God, we enter into the mind of Christ. And there is only one mind. In the tablets it is written, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the God of the ego is the intellect. It is the metallic concept or the mechanized concept of Christ. It's the Antichrist. Right. Now, are you um, really interesting what you're saying? Eh? Because you are talking about a universality of Christ. That means yes. that it has got nothing to do with a Christian religion <laughs> as such. This is a universal principle yes. and it's True for all religions. Absolutely. Whether you are actually Islamic, Jewish, or actually Buddhist itself, Jainism and Taoism and all these things, they all have a certain ring because you can imagine God is like a brilliantly, brilliantly cut diamond. Just think of a very large pear oval-shaped diamond. And the facets of God's consciousness represents a certain cult and a certain ray. Now, we cannot possibly understand and see every single facet in one life. So this is really what the universality of Christ and God is. God has many cultural expressions of himself. Thus, you have the blue-violet races, you have the yellow races, as in the Chinese people, and so on, and the white races... Um, which is so completely misunderstood today, is in fact the culmination of all of them together because at the epicenter, the epicenter of every color is the white fire called the mother. Whether it's the blue ray or the emerald ray or so on is always the white core, hence the great white brotherhood. White meaning the universal white principle of cosmic consciousness is the white light. But it spectrums out through the eye, the all-seeing eye of God, into the prism, the divine cosmic prism, or the causal body of God, which has the rainbow rays of immortal consciousness, which we experience as the seven Chohans of the rays, or the seven rays which are officed by the Chohans and the mantle they receive, because that is to do with transcendence. 
you see you evolve until you ascend no ascended being evolves he's fully evolved he transcends god always transcends himself gate gate para gate para sam gate bodhiswara going 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 beyond the ultimate said gautama that's really what that means i've gone beyond all mortal consciousness i've gone into infinity that's really what that is in a literal translation so in other words when he became a fully enlightened being a buddha not just enlightened as some very advanced beings are he became a buddha in the matter plane he had gone beyond anything any mortal had ever experienced in embodiment he had entered into the primordial aum the primordial consciousness of the cosmic principle of christ in god thank you so much it's very thought-provoking indeed anakalima and also this concept um, in the archangels also when the seven main archangels are also uh, radiating an arc of this light from the solar logos and they are also different colors and uh, this is very interesting so we'll be back in a second and we're going to talk some more about a fascinating topic indeed
So now we're back here with Anna Kaluma. We're truly having a truly fascinating conversation this morning. And wow, it's uh, breaching into all kinds of paradoxes. And it's so true that uh, a paradox uh, has a great mystery behind it. And we are learning about these amazing paradoxes this morning from Anna Kalima. Yes, I think what we need to look at here is the paradox of being just, I'm just a human being, I'm just one little person to the divine reality of who we really are. And the potential God has given us to become far more than we think we are. This is why we keep re-embodying. We re-embody and re-embody. You've got to think, beloved Ralph, of yourself like this. If I can help my listeners, you have to think of this. Because this concept was given to me when I was in my 20s. In fact, I was taken out of my body and shown this. So it's not just something that I've arrived at. Through the all-seeing eye of God, um, in Elohim Cyclopea, I was shown the diamond consciousness of God archetypally in a very powerful, rather large, very intensely huge, massive diamond shaped in the sense of, of a very sort of perfect oval, if you like. And I mounted this flight of incredible stairs. There was a curtain that was drawn back, an emerald curtain, and on either side from the top of the curtain to the bottom were angels who drew the curtain back. And I ascended this flight of stairs to the very top where the diamond was, the diamond consciousness of God. Now you have to see yourself as a diamond in your true higher God self. Jesus said we are gods and goddesses. It is simply, completely and utterly illogical. In fact, it is a little bit ridiculous to actually believe that you can access the diamond of yourself in one life. We can only potentially perceive possibly one, two, maybe three, as in the threefold flame, facets of the diamond nature of God in us that we truly are. Uh, the human body in Elohim is not designed. Your consciousness, your nervous system, which sits in your spine, and your consciousness, by the way, sits in your spine, not in your brain. The consciousness in the spinal altar, and there are three spines, not one. The consciousness sits in the etheric spine that is not and will not yet be discovered by so-called science for possibly another thousand years. The etheric spine is where your consciousness sits. That even in that, when you become aware of your consciousness being free from the physical realm, you're still not able, unless you're like Gautama, a mighty Buddha, or Jesus, or someone like Babaji, or the great and mighty Zarathustra, or Melchizedek, we are not able to perceive, while we are veiled, the greatness of God that we are in the matter plane. Otherwise, the human body would die instantly. Your flesh would peel off your bones, by the solar radiation instantaneously of your own God-self. So this is why we have what is called a veil, uh, where we enter in. And if you ever noticed, have you ever wondered why you can't see behind you? 
Have you ever wondered by the fact that in sense we are designed in such a way that we are meant only to walk forwards? Yes, you can close your eyes or whatever and practice and walk backwards, but you still can't see, can you? Can you see the back of your neck when you're walking? No, you can't. Has man ever wondered, what is the space behind me? What is it that I can't see behind me? It's your veil. It's the veil of consciousness. That's all. When that veil of consciousness is lifted, then we have what Lanello said, Behold, I am everywhere in the consciousness of God. In other words, I am living consciously in the diamond or cosmic Christ principle of God. Therefore, I see peripherally. You see, with Elohim, we see peripherally. We see in front, behind, on either side, above, below. We see everywhere. That's to be everywhere in God. Because the great central sun is the eye of God. The great central sun is, in fact, the emerald sun of the Elohim. So we can't see behind because there's a veil in our consciousness. And therefore, we are only meant at this point in time to move forward. To constantly, the, the very palation to be propelled, or the fact you get up off a chair and walk to the other side of the room, we don't reverse and walk backwards. We get up and walk principally forward. It's The principle is always upright and forward. Therefore, there is a veil behind you. When that veil is lifted and you're a cosmic being, you can see everywhere around you. Oh, this is so interesting, you know. I, I studied Eurythmy, so this makes perfect sense to me, you know, that when Rudolf Steiner developed his new solar art, it was a solar art that he was preparing there and presenting to the world, one of the things we had to learn to do is to be able to move backwards, and to move backwards with great skill, and also to move backwards with great courage, because we lack a courage to move backwards. But in the art of Yurimi, you have to learn to do that. And this is probably exactly why they say it is a path. It's a path to the spirit. If you know how to move the body and uh, you learn the dimensions of the body, um, you are busy lifting the veil. That's yes. what I've just now understood from you. You're lifting the veil. You see, behind you, the concept of the behind me, if I'm sitting now and I'm looking at you behind me, there is this vagary, right? It's a bit vague for us. There's something behind us. Yes, it's the rest of the room. But did you know, have you ever conceptualized that the subconscious mind is that that's behind you? Your subconscious mind is behind you. It is literally in a tangible space behind you. And the subconscious mind is locked in the limbic brain, which is at the back of the head. It's locked into the limbic brain which is the oldest aspect of the brain as far as evolution is concerned. And the limbic brain also holds memory. It also holds the cognitive reality of the omega consciousness, which is the very deep, deep super consciousness or unconsciousness of mankind until he awakens. So the principle of always going forward is part of our evolution, so that God is saying, no, you must move forward before you can move backward. You have, in, in the very long time I've had the pleasure of knowing you, taught in your vast knowledge of astrology of the planets that move forward and then into retrograde. We can't retrograde, we can't move back unless we are evolved, otherwise we will fall. Did you know that? We can't move backwards or we will fall unless we are conscious. 
Only then can the actual physical experience of moving backwards be all right. Because why? We're afraid, aren't we? Most people are afraid to move backwards because you can't see. Because it's samsara. You can't see what's in that ocean. You can't see what's in the back. Listen to these words archetypally. In the back of your mind. We always talk about the back of your mind. The back of your mind is just behind you. So when the veil lifts, yes, we will know what is there. We'll be fully conscious beings. But God is not interested in us knowing that right now. What God wants us to do, what the mighty Elohim, if you prefer, want us to do, is to become fully evolved beings. That way, there will be no more back of you. There will no, be no more subconscious. There will be no more behind, because in Cyclopea, you will see everywhere. Right. Well. Well, there you are. This is a, what a truly fascinating subject we've embarked on here this morning. And uh, I hope you're all truly enjoying this conversation. This is Anna Kalima. This is Anna Kalima's talk. And we meet every Wednesday morning and we discuss uh, on the radio all kinds of fascinating topics that you will not hear anywhere else except here on Blue Lotus Radio for African Soulful Listening. We'll be back in a minute. Let us have a bit of music. back now with Anna Kalema's talk this morning, and what a fascinating topic we are discussing, this thing of understanding what the veil is that is got to do with, behind which there is 
spirit, but the veil also covers you in such a way that you are trying to understand the subconscious. And we were just having a conversation while the music was playing, and she was saying some very, very interesting things. Now, I, I don't know if you, your listeners really are aware that Anna Kalema has had these spiritual experiences with the higher worlds and with various masters and archangels for many years. So she talks about these things from personal experience. So, beloved Anna continue your discussion. What we need to look at next, um, which is sometimes the question arises by very devoted aspirants, is what takes place then when you ascend if you are involved. Well, you must understand the tra word transcendence. It means to go beyond. Some people have this ridiculous notation, which was given to me a little while ago by my beloved twin flame, who is a very mighty cosmic being and been ascended for a very, very, very long time, um, well over 20,000 years, in fact. We have to understand that you can't just arrive. You know, some people, for example, you become a doctor, you study for X amount of years, you do your internship and so on and so forth, and then only then do you truly become a doctor because that just gives you the groundwork. I often say as well, you get a driver's license, it doesn't mean you actually know how to drive. You know how to operate a car. It takes many, many, many years to know how to learn how to drive properly. It's a form of transcendence, okay, because we are evolving. Things are changing. The kind of cars we drove 40 years ago to today are absolutely mind-boggling. So in that same concept, as a fully evolved being, yes, you ascend and then... Is that it? You do you just arrive and, well, I've made it. Now I'm going to sit on a, a cloud here and pluck a harp for the next 50,000 years. <laughs> no, no. no. That's quite a, that's <laughs> this a concept naive. that sit and strum harps on the clouds is absolute nonsense. Very, very naive indeed. <laughs> so when we, we ascend, if God didn't transcend himself, he didn't go, even God transcends if God didn't transcend if he didn't go beyond himself that's what transcendence is is to go beyond the moment then there's no scope there's no hope there's no future there's no tomorrow then we might as well just give up right here and now do you understand mm -hmm. the origination of transcendence is God almighty God is transcending him herself Alpha and Omega all the time therefore we can evolve therefore we can transcend when we have ascended so I, as a fully evolved being, ascend. And then, now for me, as I approach my ascension at the end of this life, I'm already working with the pure and refined concepts through my twin flame and through Gautama Buddha as a Bodhisattva because I follow that path. I want my Buddhahood. Now also the concept that it takes billions of years to become a Buddha is a lot of nonsense as well. It's nonsense. It certainly doesn't happen overnight, but it doesn't take billions of years. I am working already with the understanding, with the ascended beings who work with me, with my twin flame and with the consciousness of Gautama Buddha and Padma Sambhava, that my transcendence is Buddhahood. When I ascend, I want to move into the training to become a Buddha. 
Some in the West only work with the Christ principle. They have not entered the Buddhic principle. They don't understand it. doesn't mean you can't ascend. They ascend. They move into the full spectrum of cosmic consciousness, which means, behold, I am everywhere in the consciousness of God. In other words, I am fully Christed being in God. Therefore, in God, I can now transcend the present level of my attainment and move forward. That's what transcendence from an ascended point of view is concerned. And you are still, you still go through tests and you still go through trials. But as it's been given by Claire de Lee, when you take tests in the spiritual planes when you are ascended, the answer is given to you at the same time. Whereas here we work for the answer and we don't know if we have the answer and we don't know what the answer is in the ambiguity of life. Ambiguity is what? The mystery, the absolute paradoxical mysteries of life. That is ambiguity. But when we ascend, there's nothing ambiguous. There is nothing mysterious in that sense. We are, we live in crystal clarity. And in that crystal clear, liquid crystal consciousness of Almighty God, we can then move because we have the two, because we don't live in duality as an ascendant being. This is the answer. This is what I'm heading for. But you still have to do the work when you ascend, but you do it from an ascended point of view. Misunderstand as the masters have given many and not just myself. Well, when you ascend, you are told you're a God-free being. There's no limitation. The human body has many limitations. First of all, it's locked in a time continuum. We are locked in a time continuum. We live from A to B, from naught to say 75 years. We're locked in a time continuum. All of life is in a time continuum in the matter plane down to the simple seed in the ground, down to a tree, down to to corn in, in, in the field, and so on, and, and fish in the sea. There's only a certain amount of time they are allowed to be, as it were, manifested in the physical octave, as the masters call this dimension that we are in. That is also because there's only a certain amount of time you can endure through your higher self to be locked into the physical body. As we have, as mankind has fallen, there are three major falls that have taken place in mankind's consciousness. There was the original fall there in Lemuria then, and the splitting of the twin flames, and then through and subsequently from the fall and in Atlantis, and now in this present civilization, mankind has fallen three times. Okay, What does that mean? Well, when we fall, we just go deeper and deeper and deeper into the physical worlds. We're no longer beings of the light we were. The body becomes more dense, it becomes heavier, it becomes more more scrolotic, if you like, or very much like the stones of the earth. It becomes very heavy. The bones in the body almost atrophy. And a form of scrolosis today that is so prevalent in most, because in a sense arthritis is the beginning of a form of scrolosis, okay, is the atrophying of the physical body. It means that you're just moving more and more densely, densely into matter. It becomes the, the stone principle that you throw in the pond and sinks to the bottom. That's the principle I'm talking about. The masters teach us that mankind has never been as incarnated into the physical body in this particular civilization, in the history of evolution. We are the deepest in the body we've ever been, and we are the most ill. Because the soul cannot afford to go so deeply into the body. This is why most of us, and I for one am one of them, suffer from claustrophobia. It's because we are so deeply into the body, we almost can't breathe. Oh, yes, indeed, that is truly an amazing idea, Anakalima. You know, 
I've heard this before about how very dense the body is and how we really experience gravity far more. It's almost painful how much we feel gravity. And there was a time when mankind was much more in the levity. And also time. Time in this, you talk about this time-space continuum. Time can collapse. Yes. Time does not have to be so linear as it is. People experience time very linear, but it's in fact it can collapse and it can change. So a million years in the time continuum linear is one thing, but a million years where time is expanded or collapsed into the world of levity is something completely different. Yes, the ascended beings do work in time, which is more understood on a cosmological level as the Manvantara. Now, the Manvantara is an elliptical. Think of circles. A circle is the short time of your karma on Earth, 75 years. A circle or cycles, and you have cycles of karma that repeat themselves. You have the cycle of the moon every 14 days. These are very short circles, but an ellipse, in other words, a very long oval, an elliptical Time movement in the cosmological development of the whole of cosmos is called a manvantara because the time there is beyond concept. It is, it is beyond billions of years. So the ascended beings work, yes, in a certain sense of time continuum, but their time continuum is not contained to the shortened cycles of the matter plane as to where we have fallen, as it were, or entered into such density. And you'll find, as I think a lot of people have, as I've had certain discussions with people, uh, particularly for those who are awakening, and I'm sure you've noticed this yourself, Ralph, if we take the cycle of seven days, it's very quick at the moment. You turn around and it's already Friday. You wake up, it's Monday morning, and it's Friday again. Your cycles are shortened. They are very, very quick, and yet not for everyone. There are people out there who still feel the time drags. That's because they're still sleeping deeply in their soul. They haven't awoken from the slumber of the soul to the shortening of the days of the elect, which Sanakumara gave us. And the elect doesn't mean we're better than anyone else. We've elected and we've been selected to awaken. And to awaken means that you become aware the time in itself is a non-reality. It doesn't really exist. That's what it means. The time can be collapsed. My apologies. I just had a bit of a coughing spree there, but I didn't want to inter interrupt what Anna Kalima was saying. Very interesting. Let's have a s small break again with some beautiful music.
So we are back here with Anna Kalima, Anna Kalima's talk, and she's got a wealth of experience, and she certainly doesn't break things down to an ABC level. She really takes us right in to the real issues around uh, deep understanding of the spiritual world and of the threshold. Yes, I think you see there's a, when the pupil is ready, the teacher will appear. I think just as I've had to experience that now in the last 35 odd years of my life, I'm still from the centered point of view in many ways learning too. I don't think we ever stop learning in the divine conversations that I am afforded to have with ascended beings. They will openly tell you in absolute humility they're still learning. There's still things that they are. Sometimes the masters will come and say to me, in fact, a conversation that was given to me by Claire Delis not so long ago is, as well with my beloved, is we are looking so forward to your ascension because we want you to help us to learn and understand even more because you will have recently arrived from the matter plane 
and we need your experience so that we can understand more how to reach everybody because we are not there anymore we are not living in the physical quadrant we are ascended and god free therefore that that mankind is embedded in in other words your karma your experiences um international karma and so on they are not part of that doesn't mean they don't know we suffer doesn't mean they don't know what we're going through otherwise why are the angels with us why does the great white brotherhood work to the extent that they do that they make sure that they reach mankind through messengers and so on and so forth through your angels through dreams and visions and so on because of that great infinite unending compassionate capacity they have to reach through the dharma to reach through the works of gautama gautama was compassion he was compassion and as a great crystal because he's entered into the crystal diamond eminence of his transcendence he's not just gautama anymore gautama ascended 3800 years ago compared to the where he enlightened and uh, was at the end of that embodiment because he lived till he was about 82 and then he made the transition right into the instantaneous ascension he is not the same as he was then this is what humanity tend to do they lock the ascended consciousness into where they are man will see god in his own image so he will lock gautama into where he was when he enlightened became a buddha and so on and so forth he's gone gate gate para gate para samgate bodhisattva he's gone at his his cosmological mission statement it stands to this hour he's gone beyond the into the crystal diamond eminence of his consciousness he is the god of the earth he is the lord of the earth in other words he's the seat of god authority on earth that's what that means oh that's that's wonderful that's so wonderful it is so uplifting to be able to have this conversation with anakalima every wednesday we have this conversation with anakalima and uh, i don't think the listeners should worry too much if they don't understand everything that is being said here but rather to hear the personal experience that anakalima's got because that certainly is a very interesting perspective on life not very many people have anakalima's perspective on life i tell you that i've known her for many years and every conversation with her is always a, a most incredible experience so we we've been talking already nearly an hour so anakalima so we have now found out that there is a quite a big difference between evolution in the mortal framework and transcendence which is a framework that exists after the ascension so angels masters and even god himself and herself are transcending this is really amazing because i i immediately put it into a cosmological understanding and i think of galaxies they are also transcending yes. they are also manifesting and non unman and they're also going through their own form of mamantaras and therefore they are transcending yes the entire universe will ascend the universe we are in this this planetary body is in is destined to ascend this what people must understand what is called interstellar space intergalactic space is part of the the physical octave the the matter plane or the womb of the cosmic 
Omega and its whole principle of coming into being, of being in manifestation is to ascend. It's the same principle if I was to put it this way. A woman can't be pregnant forever. She must eventually give birth. Do you, do you understand what, well, what is yes, given here now? So definitely. eventually the birth process of the matter plane and the, and the universe is, if you like, the omega principle giving birth to that universe, that matter plane, those planetary bodies and so on and so forth. Because to understand the cosmological dimensions, even in a fractal understanding, into a tiny minute understanding of who and what Alpha and Omega are is so vast and so beyond our own concepts that it's it's even beyond that. So we can only bow our head quietly in absolute humility and say humbly that we are willing to go forward a little more and a little more to learn gradually, step by step by step. If there are things that are said here that you don't fully understand, then simply committed to Christ, committed to your Holy Christ self, your Buddha consciousness, the path that you walk should be the cosmic Christ, and the cosmic Christ encompasses both East and West. It is not just one principle and only Christ. There is no such thing in divine reality as only Christ. It is the Buddhic principle as well. And when you commit it, when you consecrate it to Christ, you can do it through blessed Jesus, any ascendant being, even through the ladies of heaven, immaculate heart of Mary, you will find then what happens is through your own Christ consciousness, that that you need to understand will be given to you when you're ready for it. You know, sometimes when you read something or somebody says something and that comment we give, oh, the light just went on and we suddenly have this deep, profound understanding that is when the Christ consciousness of your own being will feel that you are ready to receive that next little bit of cognitive understanding because it goes beyond simple, direct intellectual knowledge, which is nothing but a memory data. It's got nothing to do with understanding. Right, so Blue Lotus Radio is connected to the Blue Lotus uh, Cyber University, and there are some courses available at um, the this cyber Blue Lotus Cyber University, which will introduce you to many, many of these ascended master concepts. And if the listeners are are interested in that, they must just uh, contact us here uh, at Blue Lotus Radio, and uh, we'll put you in touch with someone who can introduce you to these courses. So we are enjoying ourselves this morning through having wonderful discussions with Anna Kalima and we are going to have another musical break.
So we're back again, and we're coming to the last part of our morning discussion this morning. And we just want to say that if anybody is really moved to make a donation or is wants to find out more about Blue Lotus Cyber University to do these courses, and, um, and also Anakalima is going to offer courses on meditation, and a very different experience meditation with Anakalima, where she is directly working with the angels and with the masters. And um, we would like to make sure that people have an opportunity to give also. It's not a very good principle just to take, 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 although we offer these things completely free, but it's not a good karmic principle. To, you must be able to be moved within your heart to also give and make donations. So I'm giving out a, a number now, a WhatsApp number, which will put you into contact with Aniela, and she will be able to direct you where you need to be. So it's plus two seven, which is the South African code. So it's um, plus two seven seven two one seven eight two nine. One two, so I'll repeat that plus two seven seven two one seven eight two nine one two, and you'll be in touch with Anna. Can, I mean Aniela, uh, Aniela, and she can will will be able to uh, direct you in the right direction to be in contact with us. So we come to the last part of our discussion this morning with Anna Kalima, and sometimes we end off with a prayer, or she makes a call, or she, she extends a desire for humanity and for the transformation of the karmic situation which the planet finds itself in right now. Yes, I'd like to make a call for 
all sentient beings to find the divine envelope of the Elohimic Cosmic Christ Principle of Peace through peace and aloha, Elohim of the Sixth Ray. And I call now, O beloved Elohim, peace and aloha, in the name of our glorious Jesus Christ, the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ and the Immaculate Heart of our Mother Mary, in the Cosmic Christ Principle of Maitreya, the Planetary Buddha, that the radiant golden oil of cosmic Christ peace may be received by those who are able to receive it, to feel that peace within it, that peace that comes upon you. It is very similar to that quietened moment that suddenly comes upon you and you normally find in that moment you involuntarily breathe in, you take in a deep breath and you release the sigh and a certain sense of equanimity, a certain sense of divine equilibrium envelops your being and your consciousness. And for sentient souls and those who are still very much embroiled in the matter plane and are not awake in the sense of divine reality, that peace will come through inspiration, through the feeling to serve mankind, to do good amongst one another and to bring about a certain sense of balance for everyone. Equality is fine, equanimity is fine, or when it is held in the hand of the divine, when it falls, when equality and equanimity falls, it becomes communism. So communism is the fallen side of equilibrium that is divine and equanimity and a peace for all in sentient consciousness. And communism is the antithesis of transcendence. It denies transcendence. In fact, it denies evolution. It states we are all equal and cannot go beyond where the next man is, which is a blasphemy and the fallen principle of the Antichrist. So we ask for Elohim, the mighty Elohim, peace and aloha in the heart of our Jesus, who is also known as the Prince of Peace, and in the very heart of Lady Nada, who is the Chohan of the Sixth Ray. The Sixth Ray is always to do with ministering servants, the church, the temples, and so on and so forth, and ministering to all of life and all who are in need. So we ask for a planetary body, O Elohim Divine, that are in need of your peace, that your peace and transcendence of peace may be received, either consciously or, if not, deep within the superconsciousness of the unawakened one that will eventually receive it when they are ready. I ask also for this transcendent peace to come for the planetary body as a whole, for all of elemental life, for the four quadrants of matter, um, earth, air, fire, and water, and the elemental beings, the salamanders, the sylphs, the undines, and the gnomes that are the governing principles of those quadrants under the hierarchical quadrants themselves like mighty Virgo and Pelua and Aries and Tor and mighty Neptune and Luara and Prince Aromasis and Diana that this peace and love can work right into the very 
tectonic plates themselves bringing about a certain sense of balance and harmony. I pray for harmony amongst you all, reminding you that without harmony you will not find peace and you will enter into dissonance. And when you enter into dissonance, you are then open to all kinds of discord and chaos. And dissonance is the antithesis of the essence of peace, where we find that we are feeling very calm and peaceful in the very presence of the cosmic Christ through the Elohim or the mighty archangels and their archai, the angels themselves or the ascended Tohans or the mighty Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. And I pray that this light of the Pleiades in the heart of the principles, which are also known as the Buddhas, may descend into the matter plane and bring about that divine laughing joy that we have in the cosmic Christ through his manifestation as Milifo or the laughing Buddha to not always take life too seriously and to bless all of life because we are all of life within our own being. When we bless life, we also become blessed too. I call for understanding to enter through the mind of Elohim, Apollo and Aluma on the second ray. Apollo and Luna are the Elohim there who hold the initial rod of God, the cosmic Christ rod of immortal consciousness in the cosmic Christ principle. And we ask through the descent or the stepping down of the light, because if the light is not stepped down, the human body will instantaneously immolate, it will completely disintegrate and we will die. So they step down the light and step down the light and eventually we receive the light in the form of feelings of happiness, joy, a light feeling, enjoying to be in the garden, enjoyment of the sunshine and so on, or the beautiful rains and so on. But in this is a lesson, and let the lesson of the Cosmic Christ Principle come through Elohim, through Lord Lanto, who is the Chohan of that ray, beloved Archangel Jophiel and Christine, who have their retreat above Lanchao, above China, the Lanchao in obviously the matter plane, but above Lanchao in China, as well as Kuan Yin also has her retreat above Peking. We call now for the opening of the mind of the aspirant, of the chila, of the devotee, of the anchorite of Christ, to receive inspiration, the word inspiration means in spirit I am, to receive inspiration from the Christ principle through the angels, to aspire in the heart to come up even higher and even higher, because to come up means to move in levity. Therefore, we are already breaking and overcoming the laws of gravity. The whole principle of the ascension is to overcome gravity and to ascend into light, which is levity, and higher and higher. But I pray for this for mankind. I pray for cosmic illumination amongst the devotees and chinas of the Ascended Masters and other great teachings through Gautama Buddha and other great bodies of light that the average man knows nothing about that are the works of the Great White Brotherhood, that mankind may awaken to his higher purpose and to come together as one in this great time of transformation. I would like to say to you all at this time that 
truly, truly, if you wish to understand something, the only way you will do this is through Christ, is to ask Christ in any ascendant being or the angelic beings for cosmic illumination. Ask for understanding and transcendence of that particular moment if you can't understand. Because without understanding, we cannot go forward. If we are locked in ignorance, which means to ignore, we don't know, do we? If you ignore something, then you're not ever going to find out. You will never know unless you try. The word try is very interesting, beloved Ralph, because try means, it comes from the word theos. Theos rules you, T-R-Y. Theos, meaning God, rules you, rule as in cosmic command, not as in mortal control, in cosmic command. And if we try and try again, what it really means is that in God's will, in his mighty law, we will get to where we're meant to be. And it will happen for us. So if you don't succeed at first, you try and try and try again. And God will work that rule of law into you, that cosmic rule of law, not that that is mandated by mankind in the matter plan, because the rule of law which most apparent governments pretend to, to govern by is nothing other than a form of manipulation to control through greed and corruption. So we are talking about cosmic law here when we say rule of law, please. And I pray that you ask God in his mighty law, his rule, of which he himself does not break, that you will find understanding through the stepping down of the principal cosmic light of the Christ into your being, where you will have that aha moment, where the crown opens momentarily in absolute balance with the heart. In Buddhism we call this bodhicitta. And we have this aha moment of the heart and mind in one, in the Christ and the Buddha at the same time. I bless you one and all, and I do look forward to um, connecting with you next week. These podcasts which I want to do for you are on meditation, and the meditations will be given through me. Whoever might step forward and offer them, we could find that the great Mahatma Kasumi might begin, also the great Mahatma Dwarkul might come along. It depends. Jesus himself or one of the great ladies of heaven might come along and help in awakening your soul. Because in meditation, which I work with music all the time, through the Elohim Cyclopean Virginia, the counterpart of Mati Cyclopea is Elohim Virginia, who is... The cosmic principle holds the cosmic principle of music and the symphony of the spheres, the symphony of the heavens. And music is very important to the soul because it's harmony. And when we move in harmony, we are able to meditate. You can't just meditate on a dry principle because at the moment the astral planes are very, very intense with the internet of things and the intellect, and therefore you are not going to arrive anywhere very quickly. If you wish to alleviate some of your suffering, and you wish to go past it a little bit, I offer this on podcast, meaning that you can access it any time you wish, at the best time you have, where you might be quiet and alone. And I would suggest this to you, because truly to meditate and to learn to meditate, you really need some me-time you know, that brackets, that me time is very essential. 
where you can perhaps mute your phone and so on and so forth and not be disturbed. Light some candles, um, a bit of incense or something. Incense dispels atmosphere. The principle of incense is to actually remove negative energy as well as it is a form of oblation. In other words, it is a form of a gift we give the spiritual worlds because we clear the atmosphere with divine aroma that we invite them to come a little closer. So I hope this will help you. And again, to repeat what Ralph said earlier, if you feel inspired by my work, I hope you will also donate, because this work in its essence is free, but it would be nice to receive donations as well, that we can further our work, and also that divine exchange is very, very important, because money itself is nothing but energy. You know, <coughs> gold is nothing but crystallized sunlight. Therefore, in truth, if we get past the fallen principle of money, money represents the Christ consciousness it's supposed to do. So when you spend money, you're exchanging the consciousness of God for something you want. So we ought to be very careful what we buy. And sometimes we buy what we don't need. And we squander this light and then often find ourselves bankrupt because we're not putting money where it meant it's meant to be. And that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it or get the things you need and your requirements of the hour and the wonderful things that make life beautiful. But we must also learn to serve with that principle as well. So having said that, um, I bless you one and all, and thank you for participating, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much, Anaka Lema, for these talks. We truly look forward to them every week, and we say goodbye to you now, Anaka Lema, and thank you for this morning's session. And uh, I'd like to just to repeat the number, if people are interested in, in contacting um, Aniela on uh, this WhatsApp. WhatsApp is a good platform because she's not always available, but you can communicate with her on WhatsApp on this particular number. Plus two seven seven two one seven eight two nine one two. I repeat plus two seven seven two one seven eight two nine one two. Okay, so this has been a wonderful time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And um, we are now going to say goodbye until next week. Thank you and goodbye.